Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Code. Today is a very special day because it is the first video podcast episode of Coffee and Code and I am honored to have a very special guest with me today. His name is Kyle Musney of Muse Growth Strategies. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Thanks, Ashley. Good to be here. Um, and there's no better guest to do a first video than with me. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yes. We'll go with that. I I feel like when I first met you, you were you seared a memory into my brain, and I was like, "This guy's awesome." One, two. I remember the content of his presentation, and three, like the delivery was just like phenomenal. Yeah. Pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so, pressure. I love it. <laughs> For those listening, um, Kyle and I met at a local conference, a marketing conference, and called Marcon. It's amazing. And um, Kyle presented. He was the last speaker of the day. And he came out on the stage with cold, hard cash and cold <laughs> beer for everyone in the audience. And it was epic. And and. To this day, it is one of the top five presentations I've ever seen. So you know how boring those conferences are normally. They save the worst for last. So we decided if people are going to stay through the end, it was five o'clock on a Friday, get through traffic, you know, get home to your kids or whatever. We better have booze and cash. Mm-hmm. What better way? We had a great time doing it. Yes, yes. And it's exciting because Marcon is coming back again next year. So I can't wait for that. But um, so kind of what we're going to talk about today is a blend of wellness, a blend of technology and marketing. We're kind of going to go all over the place because it's a special podcast episode with a video component. And we really want to just take this opportunity to just like go all in. So um, Kyle, can you kind of talk through um, and share a bit more about yourself? I mentioned who you are, right? And what company you run. So can you kind of expand upon that, please? I can. It's not terribly exciting. Um, The most important thing is I'm the father of three kids. Like that's number one. Uh, so married my wife, Holly, we've got Beckett, Kate and Arden. Uh, they asked me to give them a shout out. Like they think I'm Mr. Beast at this point. <laughs> so, you know, let's give out cash or whatever. They're like not $5 bills. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've got three kids married to a wonderful wife. Um, educational background. Um, I'm a science nerd. So I've got a master's master's degree in neuroscience. I was a teacher for the longest time in high school and college, uh, published, uh, researcher in the neuroscience field. We can or cannot talk about that if you want. Um, born and raised in Oklahoma city. My mom was a stay at home mom, although she helped my dad with his business. Hardest worker. I know my mom, somehow she kept us all afloat. Um, and then my dad taught me everything I know about business and entrepreneurship, uh, just an incredible, incredible guy. Um, my parents, basically my inspiration, um, no matter where you go around Oklahoma City, I mentioned my parents' names. They're like, oh, you're David and Sherry's son. And I say, yes, of course, their favorite one, which is <laughs> other. So anyway, born and raised in Oklahoma City, went to OU, um, you know, kind of got my start in teaching. That was my science background. But there was a natural progression to what I do now. It's interesting to people that are uh, needing something to listen to, uh, but it's not interesting to someone full of information that they need to listen to, if that makes any (laughs) sense at all. So uh, that's, that's who I am. 
Wow, you are very multifaceted. A little bit. Yes, yes. And I remember our like first like conversation when you told me about your background. I was like, wow, this is incredible because one, I love having conversations with interesting people. You were definitely one of those because you pursue the things that you're interested in, and that is your journey. You're you're and you're intentional about that. It's not about the destination. Absolutely. So I go, uh, so my favorite TV show is Parks and Rec. And Ron Swanson says, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. (laughs) So I just, like, we we like to go all in. And uh, my family is like that. And we we do it. We're intentional about being passionate about things. Because when you're passionate, people remember. And you do a better job at it. So that's, I'm, I'm glad you saw that because we we really do try to make that a thing yeah and i feel like that's a nice charm of oklahoma big small town yeah the big small town effect i i completely agree people are hard you know hard working around here um you always have to do the right thing because i promise you they will know you uh, at, if not immediately at some point right you'll come across Oh yeah, Ashley Coffey. I think I remember her from the Marcon conference. She was wild. <laughs> she, she she was overserved, and she had more than the two beers. Yeah, no, that did not happen. <laughs> um, it was a fabulous conference, and I did present, and it was great. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm glad that you mentioned that because this time of year, everyone's working super hard, right? And I watched a really interesting reel from one of my favorite people that I follow on Instagram that actually does good content, Elise Myers. I don't know okay. if you follow her. I don't. You should follow her. She's amazing. Um, she's like a software developer that like turned into this massive Instagram star. But she she was like, you know what? I don't need to cross the finish line. I've been at the finish line. I'm ready. And I was like, I like that. We don't need to earn our like rest or break that's coming up. And so it's a good reminder that it's it's important to kind of take a beat and right. take stock. You mentioned your children and your wife, you know, making sure to prioritize the things that are important to you this season. Um, so tell me about your philosophy of kind of like how you approach your business and how you approach your life, because I know you have a lot of principles that are rooted in wellness. Absolutely. So... This really all stems from my nerdy scientific background um, and learning what rest and peaceful things do, not only for your body physiologically, but also for your brain um, is just critical, right? That you take these steps back. So my long story short, I get back to Oklahoma City after I get married and There's uh, Tyler Media is a fantastic company. That's uh, why I came back to Oklahoma City from Dallas is to work for the Tyler brothers and their um, uh, dad, who is now uh, passed away. Just a tremendous, tremendous family. So we get back totally stoked about marketing. I got my start in sales with them. Um, But what I learned in a very short time is that Oklahoma City, despite being full of hardworking people and everybody knows everybody, it is really competitive um, in terms of advertising. And there's some 
negativity, like, oh my gosh, you do radio or television, but you do that with this company, or this one, there's like... Some territorialism. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Terri- territorialism. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect way to uh, say that. Um, so despite being a fantastic industry and the Tylers are the best in the business at doing what they do over time, it wears on you. Right. So I was, uh, thankfully successful in that industry, went from sales to management to kind of leading the revenue generating part of that company, but it wears on you over time because there's so much competition. Mm -hmm. So, um, Fast forward, um, there was a need in, in my brain uh, that this market needed a company like Muse Growth Strategies to come in and kind of change the way marketing works and offer a different, like not scarcity or competitive mindset, but an abundance mindset. And that's where we are now. I love that. I love that. So you know, the abundance mindset is very timely. This is November um, recording and... 29th. Yeah, November 29th. <laughs> it's wild. Um, and December's yeah. coming up soon. Before we know it, it'll be 2023. Wild. And we're still processing 2020. But, you know, having an abundance mindset can truly make a transformational difference in a lot of aspects of your life. So can you kind of describe for the audience that may not know what an abundance mindset is and how you're using it from like a business perspective? So great question. Um, I'll keep it brief, although we could, you know, have another podcast specifically for that. So seven high, uh, habits of highly effective people. This That's what started this abundance my, mindset. There's scarcity and there's abundance. They're uh, dichotomies. So a scarcity mindset is there's only eight pieces of this pie. And if I don't get a piece of pie, somebody else is going to get it. And damn it, I'm going to go to the kitchen and get my pie. So in business, that's a terrible way to operate. Um, And what we saw kind of just with this industry in general in Oklahoma City is that like, Companies only have X amount of dollars to spend. If you don't go get it, dang it, you know, somebody else is. And it just wears on you and it's stressful and it's a toxic thing, not only for your body, but for the environment, your brain. So um, from a business standpoint, a, a, a an abundance mindset is one where there's plenty of business to go around, mm-hmm. right? There's and, and when you focus on being a partner with people, and you practice gratitude, and you know that if you provide a service for somebody, even at no cost via social media, media or email or text or whatever it is, mm-hmm. Ashley Coffee goes to somebody and says, "You know what? I can I can help you with this. Don't worry about it." Like that is an abundance mindset, and the theory is, you do good enough, and eventually it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. You just have to be careful on not doing good things to get something in return. Oh, no transaction. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause that's a transaction and that's that it, it's, I don't, I, I don't want to say cars. I don't want to say car salesman because like, <laughs> you know, you might have a car sponsor. <laughs> right. So, but you, you just have to be careful. But if like genuinely you believe that if you do good enough, 
for people, it will come back to you. And that, I mean, that's the way the world works. And like physiologically and neurologically, that's how the human brain and human body is supposed to act. I mean, we, we, from an evolutionary perspective, we go from, you know, being, um, not we, but, uh, the mammalian species going from being these primates that are not communal and they are living by themselves and they're, they're kind of doing their own thing to like, Oh my gosh, if we work together, like better things can happen. Well, it evolves into like humans. Right. So, um, unfortunately with the, the idea of greed and, and the more you have, the better you are. Um, it, it, it's, it's just bad for you, like literally bad for you. There's science behind it. Um, so when we started Muse Growth Strategies, we made a promise to ourselves, never, no matter the money, never make it about that. We're never going to dog somebody. If somebody's doing a partnership with somebody else, great. Is there another way we can help you? If so, great. If not, like, we'll talk to you soon. Let's go, let's go grab a Miller Lite. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if that answers the whole question about, um, how we incorporate it into our business, but it, it all eventually flows into gratitude and what that does psychologically, physiologically, um, for our, not, not just like my body or yours, but like the human species as a whole. Yes, 100%. And I think what you touched on there is a really good reminder that biases are really baked into certain industries. And I think marketing is a great example of that. Of like, we've done it this way for 40 years and we're going to continue to do it the same way. And no one really stops to ask themselves, why are we doing this? And does this still work? And um, it's good that you develop that niche for yourself because sometimes the market isn't quite there yet. So make your, make your own space. I love that you did that. Right. I just, um, uh, gosh, I don't know if this will air before Christmas or not, but yes. Oh gosh. So, uh, wife, if you're listening, go ahead and turn this off now. But I was at a local, um, oh. jeweler <laughs> recently. We just had this conversation when he started, he used to go, uh, and he would do an ad on one local network television. Uh, station, just that one. And he would buy one ad in the newspaper. Do you uh, know what a newspaper is? <laughs> so it, one newspaper. One, like wow. one here in Oklahoma City, wow. one network television station. So not all three at the time. There wasn't four. And that's all I needed to do for all the major holidays, like Mother's Day and Christmas, Valentine's Day. And that's all he did all year. Wow. If he did that now, he wouldn't be in business. Right. So things evolve. Um, so, right. So fast forward now and it's not 20 year increments that you're looking at or 15 year increments. It's months. Right. So if you don't evolve over a three or four month uh, period, like you're going to be left in the dust. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite, um, Oh gosh, it's not favorite. It would be my least favorite things is when you go talk to somebody about digital marketing mm -hmm. and they say something like, Oh, do you do geo fencing? And it makes me cringe. Um, I think 
I think kids say that now is like, oh, that's cringe. Yeah, cringe like that's real cringe to me. Is <laughs> like, of, of course we do. Like literally every digital marketing campaign does. You get geo- people that come to you and ask you if you do geofencing. Oh my gosh! That, wow. And and that's there's still software as service companies yeah. that you can you can go. Google, you know, geofencing digital marketing companies. And there's companies that uh, specialize in that when, I mean, you boost a post on Facebook and you can boost it to specific uh, events. So it's just that things are constantly evolving. Um, and, and right, going back to the biases thing, it's, you're, you're scared of what you don't know. And things evolve so fast now unless you're an expert at it and constantly stay, uh, staying on top of it, you don't know. So you're scared of it. And, and that's the thing. It's like, let's, let's switch that mentality to be curious and open to change. I think that's a big thing is um, being, being adaptable. And, you know, the shelf life of information is like drastically being reduced, as we know. Um, and it's just important to, to remind yourself of that. So... On TikTok, which I am not a star, <laughs> I unfortunately know too much about now. Like, if you don't capture somebody's attention in two seconds, they're gone. Yeah. And TikTok is the biggest source of that top level marketing now, right? Yeah. If you want eyes for free, go to TikTok. But you've got two seconds, and if, um, two seconds. Talk about being emotional. A lot of euphemisms there about being too quick, but right. So if you're not. If you don't capture that attention quickly, you're you're done. So speaking to what you just said about inform, so much information, you have probably seen roughly 4,000 digital ads today. Or I don't even know what time it is. You said 10,000, I think, during your presentation. Like so the course of a day. Right. So on the normal Amazing. day. And that's not... So 10,000 incorporates everything you see, not just on the screen, 4,000 incorporates like on a computer, um, phone or iPad or you tablet. So there's just bits of information everywhere. So if you don't stand out, you're lost in the dust and people try it and they don't know what they're doing. And they think, well, my gosh, I heard if I make this post or boost this X, Y, or Z, it's going to work. Well, they don't see the return. So they give up on it. Mm. But um, things change so quickly. Um, the content isn't great enough or they try to mimic a competitor too much and it just is run of the mill, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they give up and they're going back to the yellow pages or whatever the hell they're doing. <laughs> so um, it, it's, it's just a wild, wild world out there right now in terms of what people don't know they're missing. I would say that it's a wild, wild world and a wild, wild west as well. Like there is no playbook. Oh gosh, no. Um, there, there is no playbook because there's a few companies in the world that know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And just when you think you've got it, it's like, Oh, California decides to pass these privacy laws or iOS and Apple decides, ah, you know, we don't want to keep getting in trouble, so we're only going to do X, Y, or Z. If you accept all these things, you and I, or the common person says, no, I don't want people tracking me. So they stop, and you've got to evolve, right? So there's 
it really is the wild west. There's so many, uh, or there's so few, excuse me, uh, monopolies that control how the digital world works from Meta to Apple to Google and really to Amazon. Um, I'm even going to throw TikTok in there too um, now just because of its uh, massive size. Mm. They control what we see. And if you're not staying on top of it, you're going to miss the eyeballs that you need to grow your business. Yes. <laughs> I know that's a lot. No, no, no. It's totally true. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, where we are today, like you mentioned, that two second time span of attention is, is critical. And I think I saw some interesting research behind the amount of time it takes for growth on TikTok versus the amount of time it takes for that similar growth on Instagram. Oh my gosh. TikTok was like 40 times faster and growing such a large following versus Instagram where you can spend years trying to authentically grow your account. So as you mentioned, yeah, it's like the number one spot for everyone to be right now um, to have an ad or, or what, what, what say you, but it's an interesting battle of everyone fighting for everyone's attention. That's very true. So TikTok, I, I didn't believe it. So my, um, like right hand, awesome woman at work, Carly is the queen of TikTok. And, uh, she bet me, uh, an amount of money on knowing what the number one search engine for how to videos was. I was like, it's Google idiot. <laughs> nope. It's TikTok. So really? TikTok, like, Whoa. so people, People go to TikTok and search how-to videos more than they go to Google. So, Amazing. like, I, we've talked about this. I love hiking. I love fly fishing. If I want to know, like, how to go to Broken Bow or the Illinois River or whatever it is and catch a fish right now, I'll go search that in TikTok. Their algorithm is so robust. They know that I'm interested in that. And not only I flooded with organic content that I don't have to go pay for, but the other companies that are like, Hey, we've got the X, Y, or Z that you need to go, you know, be successful. It's just tremendous. So yeah, TikTok, an amazing, amazing resource for a user, as long as they're not <laughs> scared of it, basically. Um, their algorithm is so robust. I think people do get scared of it. It's like, Wait a second. I've never I've never shown interest in a you know necklace with birds on it. Why are they showing me this? It was like, no, you did because you spent two and a half seconds looking at a necklace with you know whatever they learn, and a few days later, it's like they are showing you exactly what you don't know that you need. It's just incredible. Um, so I don't know why we got off on a TikTok tangent, but it is like that's the world that we're that we're living in now. It's like you've got to you've got to adapt and you've got to get in front of those people as quickly as possible. Otherwise, your competition is going to leave you in the dust. Yeah, and and to be honest, like I held out for the longest time on Same. TikTok for like privacy ethical reasons, but also like to see if it would last because you know vine is come and go periscope you name, you name it i was a vine king really 
for two posts. Yes. <laughs> what were they, six seconds? Like six second videos? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got a question for you. So when in your just general experience, do you prefer the personalized ads? Like, do you want companies to show you what you need or do you find that it? Um, Intrusive. All, uh, intrusive is a great word. Thank you. That's a really good question because I've grappled with that this year and I've had different thoughts that have shifted. Previously, mm -hmm. I was like, no, I don't want anyone tracking me. And then I was like, wait, why am I, why do I want that? And then I started asking myself, okay, so if I'm being marketed to based on my interests, that's ultimately saving me time finding things that I'm looking for and need. So that's like a trade-off. I'm willing to share some pieces of information about myself in return for whatever is out there that's being targeted towards me. And yes, I'm a, I'm a millennial and I get a lot of ads. And I have to say, like, I have definitely purchased a good amount of things from ads. And I have to say, like, I would 85 to 90% of them have been like, yes, I needed this. This has improved my life in a way that is positive, that it's not just a fast thing that's going to, like, you know, be tossed away and consumerism, you know, it actually has a purpose. So, um, yeah, I've shifted my perspective on that, but I think there's a, there's a clear line of how much information that I'll share with, um, a marketer because there are varying levels of data beneath the surface that I think people may not be familiarized with. Like you mentioned geofencing mm -hmm. and for people who, who don't know that, like who don't know what that is, essentially having your phone, having the ability to tap into your phone's location services for the purpose of serving you location-based ads or any relevant information to, to the app itself. And as we know, um, Apple came out with the do not track feature in iOS 15, what allows you right. to say like, do not track me. And things are shifting and adapting because of that. So it's always like a good reminder to be proactive on things and never, never think that you're just, you know, okay in the moment because it's going to change. Right. So it, it I, I mean, it's a, it's really, it, it'll be in philosophy textbooks one day, right? On how you view that type of information. So like they know it about you no matter what. So like my, I've, I've shifted from my, that's my personal space. <laughs> to kind of like you, it's like, hey, you're showing me what I need. Like, this is saving me time. And if you're going to know it anyway, like, I'm just going to make it easier for you. So the problem is, like, there was a period of time where that was true. But now the privacy laws have sh shifted even more. And state by state. Right. State by state. California is the first and pioneer of it. We'll be there soon because it's going to be a federal thing within a couple of years. It keeps getting pushed back. But have you noticed, uh, so it was just Cyber Monday yesterday, um, I, it used to be where you go to your phone and you, you buy something, it's like, you'll stop seeing ads for whatever you just purchased. So that was a thing. It's, and like, we want to make sure we don't over-serve ads to people that have already done what we wanted them to do online. Well people that don't opt into those um, 
like all access cookies, so to speak, you can't do that. So my wife, for example, is pissed because I have these unbelievable like shirts from shout out poncho outdoors. <laughs> uh, you know, he's like nice, flannel, comfortable things. If you want to sponsor me, um, <laughs> but they, uh, they continue to serve her ads over and over and over. Well, it's because we don't have, we, we just have the appropriate amount of like cookie settings turned on. We don't have that come know everything about us thing. So it used to be that they could shut off those ads. They can't anymore unless we accept those cookies. So it's just a, it is a whole different world. So it's like, it can be great, but until everything like every, you know, every so they're in a different state, right? So until all these different states agree on the same type of privacy, it's all this just weird, like now, now all of a sudden, like every flannel shirt fly fishing company in the entire universe is serving us ads. And now it went from a convenience to like, we're done. I don't want, I don't ever want a flannel shirt again, yeah. ever. Right. So it, you know, you're right. So there's, there's a convenience, but there's also an annoyance. And I think that's going to just be the case for a couple more years. The excitement is outpacing the policy. Definitely. And there's also like a very interesting factor for people to consider the technology that is being used to harvest data points to inform marketing marketers and their budgets is evolving which means the sensors are evolving and the methodologies of capturing that information is evolving. Let's talk about biometrics, right? Mm -hmm. uh, being able to see where your eye is moving, where like how you did not pay attention to an ad or did, or how many times you blinked. And that has a lot of implications for unintentional disclosure of uh, gender or disability or just a lot of things. So it's something to consider. And I, I, I always want to like tell people, like, you have a voice. Your voice matters. Like, you have the opportunity to say no if you want to and not use a product or software. You don't have to use something if you don't agree with it. You don't have to comprehend 100% of the terms and conditions to read them, right, and be informed. Um, but people have more power than they think they do in terms of being involved on the co-creation of how those regulations happen and what not regulations, but how that takes shape. Right. And that's, that's a really interesting point. And it is as simple as talking to your state friend yes. about it. Like that, that's the, um, it, like going to the opposite of the, like that is the bottom of the funnel. Like so just start there and then it'll work its way up eventually if there's enough people that have that it's same concern. It, it's right. And it, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, if you, for example, one thing for a couple of our clients that we track in terms of what's important to them is knowing how much they stop, like so there's a big scroll of products. So when they scroll for an above average time on a specific product, that's the product we retarget them with. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't possible until the new Google Analytics 4 came out, which in July of next year is what everything is going to be. So if people, uh, businesses learn how to utilize that, like that's a big resource. It's not the I thing. There's not so much of a the disability 
part that you, but it's like you're scrolling the website or on your phone and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's a, ooh, that's a nice crimson uh, Swiss shirt with a schooner on it. So like, we know that you stopped on that more than everything else. So that's what we retarget you with. And that's where it's all headed, but you're right. The biometrics is next with the eyeballs. Like VR and AR, all these new technology. Right. And that, that hasn't caught on quite yet as fast as it, but it will be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love my, uh, Oculus right? standing on that little ledge and like making you jump off. Uh, it is just this whole new world. But I'm waiting on the next part where I can walk in Lululemon on Class and Curve to buy my ABC pants. And I don't have to actually go there. I can put on my Oculus mm-hmm. and I can go through the store with a virtual salesperson. Yes. Like, there's the inventory. Luxury brands are already trying it, to do that. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, Lululemon is as luxury as it gets to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, literally the most comfortable pants of all time. So they, uh, but you know, that's that's where it's headed. And you want to talk about intrusive. It, it's Yes, it's intrusive, but that the convenience as a trade-off of that is just amazing to me. So might as well embrace it, right? Or not, whatever. Like a segue for my next question. Can you, there's a, there are some misconceptions around some marketing data, right? You have different varying size of businesses that you service. Can you talk about some misconceptions that you commonly come across? Oh, thank you. Yes. So briefly, there are like four stages of digital growth that we see. There's the hesitant stage, which is like, uh, uh-uh, we're not doing this. We're fine with it. X, Y, or Z. Um, There's the nascent stage, there's the broadening stage, and then there's the mature stage. So it goes from, um, for example, something very basic like uh, we did this email campaign and we can see how many emails were opened. And people think like, uh, is marketing data is tremendous. I know that 72% of my emails were open were X amount of text messages. Then you go to a next stage and it's, you start doing division, right? So, well, I know there were this many impressions. I know where this many clicks. So then we're going to divide a couple things. And it's like, we know click through rate now, right? So now we're getting somewhere. And then it goes a step further to like even ROI. So ROI is kind of a creme de la creme of, if you know your ROI, that's all you need to know with marketing data. We spent you know, $7,000 on a three month campaign, but here's how much money was brought in from uh, Yeti cups that we sold online. So those are the misconceptions, right? That is not marketing data. That is Facebook, now Meta, that is Apple, that is TikTok, that is Hulu, that is uh, Netflix, YouTube, whatever it is, wherever you can go buy ads for your own business. Those are the cute graphs that they show you. It's like, you know what you're doing. We'll look at it. And those, I mean, they show you the reports that look the best. But that's that's a fraction of the story. Yes, all of that is important. Um, but what we learned um, in our previous uh, roles before I started Muse Growth Strategies was when you only focus on those misconceptions of what marketing data is, you get failed campaigns, 
right? So um, it's kind of throwing stuff against the wall. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it works out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But in the long run, it, there, there was failed digital strategies. So there's small business owners mm-hmm. to go back to the beginning of which my father is one. So I know every dollar that a small business spends affects their family and the families of their employees. So I just grew frustrated of seeing like marketing data that was not actual marketing data being used to justify or unjustify massive marketing budgets. Mm -hmm. So with no, um, with, with nothing changing, I just saw a, an opportunity and decided to jump in. And that's that's what we do. So in the old world of digital, those metrics were fine. But now, especially with all these privacy laws that we're talking about, that doesn't work. So we focus on marketing data. We take everything that you're doing online. And really, even in the uh, traditional advertising world, and we connect it digitally to your Google Analytics. We learn about the user experience. We learn who's buying, but most importantly, we learn who's not buying. We learn about your customer, and then we connect it to a business's CRM system. So whatever customer management system you've got, like we want to learn lifetime value, right? So. Um, we're not just doing ROI, we're doing true, this person came to this website and became a user because of our ads, and over the next six months, here's how many times they've been back, and here's how many times they've become a customer. And that's, if you know what you're doing and you utilize it properly, that's that's the power of digital marketing, and that's where the future is as the privacy laws change. Yes, and that's a very valuable service offering that you're offering as a as a business too. I don't want this to be a plug. It is, but only if it's the right yeah. fit. You know, if you're not if, if you're a business that's functional and you're being you're fine with where you are, it's not. Like keep keep having organic social posts and email campaigns. Don't spend a lot of money. But if you're wanting legitimate growth and you want to prepare for the future of uh, these privacy laws and the cookies going away on, on your phones and computers and such, like it's necessary to take the steps now. Otherwise here in, uh, you know, less than two years now, about a year and a half, you're going to be wishing you did basically and starting from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Like starting from scratch. Some people do though. Like clean slate is nice. I can make a mean Snickerdoodle cookie from nice. scratch. Shout out, Grandma. Rest nice. in peace. Snickerdoodles, perfect for this time of year too. I've got something in my car for you. Oh wow! Okay, I hope it's a Snickerdoodle cookie. It is a kit. Oh, oh okay. Yes. Courtesy of me, mom used me. <laughs> well, Kyle, I'm curious. Like you are so multifaceted. I feel like you have an equally dominant left brain and right brain that just like work harmoniously together. Can you talk a little bit about your own creative thought process? Um, so I can. It's not tremendous. Like, thank you. I, I can fool anybody, I guess. But, um, you know, there, there's human brains are wild. 
And you're right. Most people are either left brain or right brain. There was, uh, like, what was it, a couple of years ago, like the Enneagram was so popular. So popular. And it's like, so I, I know my number. I'm the type eight with the seven wing. Oh, wow. But that doesn't, like, you know, that stuff, you can't let it define you. Totally. Um, so the, the biggest thing with me is, like, like I just don't want to stop learning, right? And, uh, uh, Pappy always said, I never had Pappy. <laughs> if I did, I feel like Pappy would have said, if you don't learn, you die. Totally. Right? So um, it's tough owning news growth strategies because we focus on analytics and what we learn and connecting it to your like businesses, own personal software systems. But on the other side, you can't do that well if you are not putting out the right content and the only way to do that is when you're creative and like you're in your zone and you're like doing, doing the creative thing. So there's, um, you know, uh, the, the people I work with will tell you about these red, yellow, and green zones throughout the day. You've got your red zone where it's like, Oh my gosh, my brain is fried. I can't do anything except like these mundane tasks. And then you've got your green zone where it's like, if I need to be creative, I'm doing that from um, like Carly, who I work with, for example, don't contact her from five to 8 PM because that's when she does creative things. Nice. Me don't contact me from 9 AM to 11 AM because that's, your zone. you know, it's like the Red Bulls flowing, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so everybody's brain is different. Um, but you're, but you're right. Like doing what I do now, it's, uh, there, there's give and take of the creative side and the analytical side. Um, it's exhausting, but it's fun because we are seeing some really great success for partners of ours that trust us with their marketing budgets. So that's amazing. And also I want to just like take a moment to appreciate just the entrepreneurship journey there because you make it sound easy, but I know you did a lot of work to get to where you are today as a business owner and having employees and then growing and scaling and adapting to change and in a recession, just like keep adding layers to it. So I'm curious, what are, what are some pieces of advice you would have for the audience who might be thinking of either transitioning to a career in marketing or even becoming their own boss for a marketing agency or, or what, what have you. Okay. So a couple different paths there. So if you're going to transition to marketing, there is such a need for people that are not, um, not just like young and hip on, I've got these followers, look how important I am, but like truly understand how marketing data can affect a business. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a whole wide world out there. And I just, I promise within a couple of years, when these, all these laws change, that's going to be a thing. I don't know what the position is going to be called, but it is going to be called something. And it's going to be using marketing data to learn about customers and non-customers. And why are, like, how can we reach those people? Um, right now, it's not being done. That's what we're doing. Um, from an entrepreneurial spirit, like with all respect to my previous employer, whom I love and respect, and they're still a massive part of my life, um, I wish I would have done it sooner. Um, so e even 
where you, you know you you learn you learn things as you go along. But uh, I mean, it, being successful is one thing, but learning how to run a business is a different. It's like um, okay, so my son wants a pair of like Air Jordan ones for Christmas, and those for fun, like whatever reason, they're one hundred twenty five dollars, <laughs> and my brain instantly goes to like okay. What do, what does Muse Growth Strategies need to do to generate like two hundred and ten dollars of revenue? Because <laughs> all these different pockets of you know uh, taxes and this tax, yeah. there are not like yeah. you just have to think about all these things. But the level of freedom. I mean, I watched um, most of USA beat uh, Iran today in the oh, World wow. Cup. It's like, Yes, but right three years ago or two years ago, maybe I wouldn't have been able to do that. So there's freedom and there's stresses and it's what's important to you with a young family. Like I can go for the most part, be as involved as I can, you know, if it's taking Reese's peanut butter cups up to the school or seeing a uh, terrible three-year-old ballerina dance or whatever. Um, So if you've got that spirit of entrepreneurship, make sure you've got something that is a niche or that you can do better than other people and go do it because that's what this, you know, this country, a lot of people will tell you it's in shambles, but there's a lot of opportunity for people that want to do it right. And thankfully, um, so far, you know, uh, it, it's been the right decision for us to make this leap. That's great. That's great. And I think it's a good opportunity for people to ask themselves of, you know, is this, is this something I want to do? But I love what you talked about. What you mentioned is that success and running a business are two very different things. That is so well articulated. And I think for people that are listening, you know, it takes a level of awareness of self to be able to understand which area you fall into, or maybe you fall into, into both, which is a fabulous, like, great thing to be at but they're two very different things um so i think that's a fun journey to to kind of go through and analyze before someone's willing to make a jump into starting their own business because just because they're successful doesn't mean they'll have a successful business and, and you know vice versa so it does take a lot of intentionality of thinking of what is this sustainable is this solving a need it does this bring me joy in a way that you know, I can provide for my family. I can provide, like I can make the decisions. There's so much freedom in that. Um, with the freedom comes discipline, right? Um, but I, I, I think everyone knows that. But it's a good reminder just to hear it out loud. I'm still trying to learn that. <laughs> I think everybody is to some degree. Yes, 100%. 100%. Um, well, I feel like we could have a really long conversation. I would love to. But I'm curious. Um, I want to ask you, where can the audience find you if they're wanting to stay up to date on what you're working on or just like read some of your published material, which like I want to touch on. <laughs> um, yeah. So tell us more about where, where we can find you. Okay. So uh, going back to the abundance mentality, we really do try to be uh, a resource and make it as easy as possible to learn. We have found through countless things that the biggest, the most amount of eyes are on Instagram and TikTok. So that's where we push most of our content. So um, if you want the short little 
blips about how to do this or that, or just some great entertainment because I feel like I'm a little bit funnier than I actually am. <laughs> but, um, so that's where you find it. So it's what's your muse. Uh, so that's our domain as well. Muse is M-U-Z-E. So on Instagram and TikTok, what's your, you know, at what's your muse. Um, LinkedIn, uh, I think is probably the company's name, Muse Growth Strategies. Uh, that's where we will post long form things, um, long, long form videos on how to set up like backend analytics so that you can learn the things that we're learning. It's a YouTube channel too. Uh, there's just so many different avenues. Um, so short form TikTok, Instagram, uh, where we, we try to be lighthearted, uh, long form LinkedIn and, uh, YouTube be where to find us. I will include those links in the show notes for everyone listening so we you can find you. Consummate pro, Ashley. Yes, yes. And also, like, for those listening, go shout out. Go give them a, a comment. If you learn something new from the show, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and I do. I mean, I know you have a big following. If there's anything that we can just answer um, from watching something that we've posted in the past or you just have a general question about like what could we find out if we did x like shoot us an email or a dm uh slide into our dms um but i'm happy to help that's the fun part and again that's the abundance mentality and you know we form a community and good things happen so happy to help i like that i think you're you're the ideal person to ideate that with right for for a person to be like hey what do you think about this? And you're going to give them an honest answer that's transparent. And I love that. Like, and I, I think that's so rare. Like, communication is a gift, and you do it quite well. Um, so, bravo. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's kind of nerve wracking being on a podcast with you. It's like so great at what you do. So, we're here. We made it. Thank you. Miller Light. Bless. Cheers. Yes. So good. Well, well Kyle, um, Thank you so much for being on the show. Do you have any parting words for our audience before we land this plane? Absolutely not. Uh, the only thing I have to say is like, I'm so glad you do what you do. I've got two young daughters that are, I mean, they're three and eight, but so far just smart as whips and like seeing women be successful in especially technology and like always staying ahead of the curve is just a real, you're a trendsetter. And I hope, like, eventually, when this is like a VHS tape, almost <laughs> they get out whatever mechanism they use to play it, and they see it, and they are inspired by their dad and a woman in the tech space, like being uh, ahead of the curve, and they, you know, decide to do something. So, thank you for having me. It's it's really I, I'm humbled by it. I don't know. This might be your lowest listen podcast of all time, Ooh, but we'll you. try it. I, that is so kind of you. Thank you for saying that. It's it can be a lot sometimes. It can be hard sometimes. But like hearing nuggets like that make it worth it, right? Because yeah, don't just keep doing it. Just keep doing it because those are our future leaders, right? That's oh, our future. Know. Those are the people yes. that are going to be making the legislation decisions, like that are going to be right. running these companies, right? So it's important to influence in a positive way. Um, that's why, like, we're students of life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not learning, you're dying. That's what Peppy said. Yeah, that's a good, that's a great note to end on. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. This has been a great conversation and I can't wait to record with you again. Absolutely. Thanks.